can we give our worship team a hand tonight? Thank you all. You did a great job. This is always extra time that, we, that they put in on Women of Grace nights, so we're grateful for that. Can you guys hear me okay? Good. Okay. Well, y'all, I love Christmas. I think I start off by saying that every year, like I truly do. I am that person who has the tacky colored Christmas lights all over my house. That is me. I love Christmas lights. I love chopping down our Christmas tree. I love family get-togethers. I love seeing the magic of Christmas in my daughter's eyes. I just, I love it all. And I love our Women of Grace Christmas event. Every year, we try to do something a little different to make it special. So I've really been looking forward to tonight as well. But when I sat down last week to work on my message, I ended up getting really frustrated. Because, you see... It was my daughter's birthday last week. It was Allie June's birthday last week. And I shared on Facebook that all Allie June wanted for her birthday was a stand-up microphone so that she could play church. She plays the guitar a a little bit. And she wanted a stand-up microphone so that she could play her guitar and sing and play church. And I shared that on Facebook because I thought it was the sweetest thing. And it was just, it was true. It's what she wanted. But it wasn't so sweet to me last week but I, when I began to work on my message because I had prepared my girls that I was going to be working on my message and that I needed them to go downstairs and occupy themselves for a little while so that I could work on it. And honestly, they agreed easily to my request and they obediently went downstairs to occupy themselves themselves and So I went upstairs, and I got out my Bible, and I got out my laptop to begin working on my message. And I'm someone who just really needs silence and solitude to focus in on this. And I had it for about three solid minutes. And then all of a sudden, from my basement, I hear worship music just start blaring. I mean, it just starts blaring. And then I hear my girls start to sing at the top of their lungs. One of the songs they were singing was No Longer Slaves. You all know the song No Longer Slaves? You know the part when it gets to you split the sea so I could walk right through it? I mean, that is their jam. So when it got to that point, it was so loud that I thought I was going to lose my mind. I mean, they were just all out praising the Lord. And I, I, I thought I was going to lose it, to be honest. I'm just being transparent. And I thought I was having this, like, internal dilemma inside. You know, like, what kind of mother goes downstairs and tells their kids to please stop praising Jesus so I can come up with a lesson to teach others to praise Jesus, you know? That just didn't really seem okay to me to do, but nevertheless, I was really frustrated, and I was kind of behind on my lesson. I had been sick last week battling kind of a sinus infection, Um, and so I was frustrated, and this whole situation wasn't helping, and then I heard it. You know, that still small voice I've talked about before. I heard it. Don't let the service rob you of the worship. Don't let the seemingly important rob you of the true miracle that's going on downstairs. Don't let your Christmas to-do list 
rob you of the actual joy of Christmas. I heard it so, so clearly. And even though I was probably still a little bit frustrated, I had to stop what I was doing and say, thank you, Jesus, for daughters who know how to praise you. Thank you, Jesus, for these songs that they are singing that is actually embedding little bits of truth into their hearts. And thank you that they actually do understand the true joy of Christmas, right? And that's what I want to talk about briefly tonight. It's just kind of a shorter devotion tonight. But I want to talk about the joy of Christmas and how to have it. Because I know that it's not always that easy to have it. Busyness can rob us of joy during the holidays. Grief and loss can certainly and understandably drive, take away our joy during the holidays. Loneliness, financial stress, divorce, all of these things, the list could go on and on, can make the holidays a less than joyful time for us, right? But I really believe that through the power of Jesus, even with all those really hard things still present in our lives, that he is still capable of giving us the joy that we so long for this Christmas. So what I want to do tonight is look at three passages that kind of revolve around that very first Christmas story. And then I want to talk about three things that we can do to kind of lean into the Lord and allow him to produce that joy in our hearts that we so need this Christmas. Does that sound good? Good plan? All right, let's do it. The first passage that I want to read tonight is in Luke chapter 1. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me. If not, it'll be right up there on the screen. Luke chapter 1. And I want us to read tonight the encounter between Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her cousin or relative Elizabeth. Now, both of these ladies have just received some incredible news, right? I mean, Elizabeth, who has been barren her whole life, and without children, she's much older in age now, an angel gives word to her husband that she is now going to conceive and bear a son. And her husband, Zachariah, y'all, this is so amazing to me, he is the first person in over 400 years that has heard a prophetic word from the Lord. You know that time of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament when God didn't speak? Zechariah, her husband, was the very first person to hear a prophetic word from the Lord. And he told her that they were going to have a son and they were going to name him John. We know him as John the Baptist, right? And he was like, look, John's going to be something special. He's going to have the spirit and power of Elijah on him. He is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and he's going to turn the people's hearts back to God. I mean, this was just incredible news for Elizabeth. Think about what this must have meant to her after years of having no children. This was incredible news. And then Mary, too, she had received, as we all know, some just earth-shaking, groundbreaking news of her own. She, who was an engaged virgin, was going to give birth to the Messiah, the Messiah that her people had been waiting for for generation after generation after generation. She was going to be the mother of the Son of God. Like, let that sink in for a moment. Man, 
It's the most incredible news. So tonight, I want us to read these two ladies, their first encounter together after receiving this news. It'll be on the screen for you. Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through 45. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to come back to that in a minute. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Y'all, is that not just the most joyous thing ever? Like I can literally feel the joy coming out of them for one another. They're jamming out back there. All right. Look, if you want to have joy this Christmas season celebrate God's goodness in the lives of others. That's point number one tonight. Celebrate God's goodness in the lives of others. And I mean really. I mean genuinely celebrate God's goodness in the lives of others. Let's just be honest for a second. We are women, and this doesn't always come easily for us. Sometimes I think it's easier for us to celebrate God's goodness in the lives of others if we're not really that close to them, you know, we can celebrate God's goodness in their lives. But when it's people who are close to us, when it's our friends or our family, it's really easy a lot of times for jealousy and envy to creep in. And let me tell you something, jealousy and envy will rob us of our joy faster than anything else, right? Like if I wasn't familiar with the Bible, if I had never read it before, if I didn't know anything about it, I think that I would think these two women meeting up together was a recipe for disaster. That's really what I would think. Because I want us to consider for just a moment how easy it would have been for this relationship to go south. Instead of this being some kind of joyous occasion, um, it could have easily turned into this battle of like bitter envy and jealousy and one-upping each other. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know how we mamas are about our kids, right? That's what this easily could have turned into. Think about it for a minute. Elizabeth could have been like, well, an angel appeared to Zechariah and announced the birth of our son. And, and Mary could have been like, oh, yeah, an angel appeared to me too. And Elizabeth could have said, well, Zechariah was, you know, the first person to hear a prophetic word from the Lord in over 400 years. To which Mary could have responded, oh, really? I'm the first person to carry the Lord in their womb, you know? And then, and then, and then Elizabeth could have been like, well... John is going to be filled with the spirit of Elijah and the Holy Spirit, and he's going to lead the people back to God. And Mary could have been like, well, my son is God, so that's perfect. You know, mic drop right there. Like, that is easily how this situation could have gone. And honestly, like, I fear that if some of us would have been in Mary's shoes and in Elizabeth's shoes, 
I feel like it easily could have taken a turn for the worse and headed in that direction. And the joy of God's goodness could have been immediately snuffed out because of bitter envy and jealousy. Y'all, we have to learn to celebrate God's goodness in the lives of others, right? Elizabeth knew how to do that. She knew how to celebrate God's goodness in the lives of others. And do you know why I think she could do it? I don't think it's because she tried really hard. I think it's because it clearly says that she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so she preferred Mary above herself. She said, the mother of my Lord, blessed are you among women. The Holy Spirit inside of her enabled her to prefer Mary over herself. What if our friendships look like that? What if our friendships look like that with one another? That through the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, we truly and genuinely preferred one another above ourselves. We put the needs of one another above ourselves. Man, that would be a game changer, would it not? That would be such a game changer. Um, this holiday season, as you encounter God's blessings in the lives of other people, celebrate it. I mean, celebrate, speak about it, declare it. Be like, oh my goodness, the Lord has blessed you in this incredible way. That's amazing. And you know what? At first, your heart may not mean it. Let's just be honest. Maybe your heart won't mean it at first. Do it anyways. Do it anyways and ask the Lord to help get your heart on board too. And I'm telling you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will be faithful to do that. And there will be this joy in your life that was different than before. I have a friend who is truly, she's just so happy for all the blessings that happen to other people. She is just genuinely so happy, and she is the happiest person I think I know. Because envy, jealousy, that doesn't get to her. It doesn't eat her up. So she is just so genuinely happy, and I want to be more like her. The Holy Spirit can do that kind of thing inside of us, and we can be free of all that. Does that not sound amazing? It does. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not alone in that. Celebrate God's goodness in the lives of others. That's point number one. Point number two tonight, recognize God's goodness in your own life. Perfect. It'll be a lot easier to celebrate God's goodness in the lives of others if you're also recognizing his goodness in your life as well. You see, he doesn't pick favorites, right? He may have bestowed his goodness on us in different ways, but his goodness is present in each and every one of our lives. Regardless of the difficult circumstances that I know some of us in here are facing, if you look for his goodness, you will still find it. In just a moment, I want us to read um, verses 46 through 56 together, just the next set of verses. This is called Mary's Song. It's a famous passage. And it's literally like Mary just bursts into it. Like she can't help it. Like Elizabeth says what she just said that we read, and then Mary just burst into this song. Like she can't just help but start declaring the Lord's praises. And I want us to just take a moment tonight to realize that even though this was a miraculous time for Mary... This was still a very difficult time for Mary. Dallas talked about this on Sunday at our church. You know, Mary, her fiancé, had recently almost just left her. She is literally has to be the center of hurtful small-town gossip. I wonder if that's why she went to Elizabeth. I don't know that. 
Man, but I bet she wanted to get out of town. I would. All this gossip surrounding her. I wonder what her parents thought about the whole angel story, you know? I wonder if they just immediately got on board with that. Like She had a lot of real and legitimate stresses in her life that could have easily, those things could have easily robbed her of her joy. I think they would have mine, if I'm being honest. Yet, seemingly at the first opportunity, she just bursts into praise for the Lord. Man, I want to be more like that. Let's read verses 46 through 56 together, still chapter 1. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And then Mary remained there with Elizabeth about three months and returned to her home. Y'all, I really feel like Mary's praise is rooted in her humility. You see, praise and humility, they go hand in hand. If you have humility, you're going to be able to celebrate God's goodness in the lives of other people, right? You're going to be able to recognize God's goodness in your own life. But pride and praise, those are enemies of each other. We need to recognize that. Pride and praise will always be enemies of each other. Yes, Mary was facing some difficulties. And yes, she was probably the center of some hurtful, hurtful gossip going around. And I think she probably still had a million questions about what that angel had told her, you know. But I want us to notice tonight that she had no sense of entitlement that God was supposed to make all those things go away. She had no sense of entitlement. She was so humble about it. That even though those difficulties were still present, even though she still had all those unanswered questions, she couldn't just, she couldn't help but just burst forth with praise. And she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. It's like she's saying, every bit of me, my soul, my spirit, every bit of me can't help but praise the Lord. And then she calls herself a humble servant of the Lord. That's how she identified herself as just, as just a servant. So anything good that God did for her, she felt completely undeserving. And like it was just a product of his overwhelming grace and his mercy in her life. Do we see ourselves that way? As just humble servants. And anything good God does for us is just amazing. Because we don't deserve it. That's how she saw herself. A lot of people talk about the next generation coming up and how they have this sense of entitlement, like they feel like they just deserve everything. I'm not here to debate whether or not that's the case, but sometimes I fear that we as Christians are that way a little bit. Like we come to the Lord with this sense of entitlement, like he owes us something. I'll go ahead and confess right now that I did that this week. I've had a sinus infection, y'all. I'm just a big old baby. It's not that bad, but it was bad to me, and I've had it for like nine days. And I'm like, Lord, 
maybe you don't see this, but I'm trying to serve you, you know. And then my husband got sick. He teaches the youth and does a lot of I'm like, God, we're trying to serve you, and we're sick. Do you not see that we're sick? Like, we need you to help us so that we can do what you want us to do. And it was just this total sense of entitlement. And the Lord, he really broke my heart over it because I could be sick for the rest of my life. And he could never do one other good thing for me. And the fact that he put on flesh and came into this world to die and to save me for my sins is enough that I should spend every moment of every single day from now until forever praising him. Even if he never does another good thing for me. That is how good what he has already done is. But yet we come to him with this sense of entitlement. Mary didn't do that. She was so humble. You think that's why I chose her? I kind of think that has something to do with it. If you want more joy in your life, ask God to give you the humility to see the goodness that he has already poured into your life. That doesn't mean that the problems are going to be absent. That doesn't mean that the struggles are going to be gone. That just means he's going to give you new eyes to see that even with those things present, he has still blessed our socks off, right? That's point number two, recognize God's goodness in your life. Well, we all know what happens next for Mary. A decree went out from Caesar Augustus for the whole world to be taxed, right? So Joseph and a very pregnant Mary travel to Bethlehem where she ends up going into labor. There's no room for them in the inns, so she gives birth to the Son of God in a stable or some people think it was a cave or something more like that. And then she places the King of the world, the Son of God, in a manger, in a feeding trough. That must have felt like such a misfit to her, don't you think? Like that manger, every year, I know I've heard it forever, that manger just had to have felt like such a misfit. And I wonder if she thought, like, this can't be the way this is happening. Like, I, I really believe that angel, but this, this shouldn't be the way that this is happening. Like, why does nobody recognize what is going on here? Like, I'm having this baby in a cave, and I'm placing him in this feeding trough. Like, this just seems like a misfit. If it would have been me, I would have been like, yeah, I definitely misheard from that angel. Like, I heard it wrong. There's no way. I must have eaten some bad sushi that night, had some kind of hallucination. Like, I would have been, like, doubting completely. But she was just so humble that I think she didn't have any expectations for how it was supposed to work out. And what she didn't realize is that while all that was happening, a multitude of angels had appeared in a field far away to some shepherds. And they were singing God's praises. And one of the angels told the shepherds that the Savior of the world had been born and that they should go and find him. And a sign for them would be that they would find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a, a manger. That manger. There it goes again. That thing that had to feel like such a misfit would be the thing that God used to identify him to those shepherds. And this is a total side note tonight. I'm not going to stand up for long, but I felt like I was supposed to say it. That thing in your life that feels like the barrier to who God wants you to be, 
may be the very thing that God uses for others to identify him. Maybe it's your shyness. And you're like, oh, I could be who God wanted me to be, but I'm just so shy. I'm an introvert. I don't. That thing in your life that feels like a barrier to who God wants you to be may be the very thing that he uses for others to identify him. Maybe it's your past. Like, oh, if it wasn't for that. If it wasn't for that, I could do more. I could be more of a leader, but I don't want them to know about that. That may be the very thing that God uses for others to identify him. He has a way of being made strong in our weaknesses, right? He's kind of the king of that. So the shepherds go searching for this newborn king. And I want us to read Mary's response, our last passage for tonight, when, when they show up, how she responds to them. Now we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 19. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, that he was the Savior. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. This is the verse I want us to key into tonight, verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Point number three tonight. Treasure glimpses of God's goodness unfolding. Treasure glimpses of God's goodness as it unfolds in your life. And what I mean by that is don't just look back on your life and see all that God has done for you and be like, oh God, you've done so much for me. I do want you to do that, but don't only do that. Look at your life in the present, currently, now. And as he gives you these little glimpses of his plan and his promises and his fulfillment unfolding, take notice of those things and stop to treasure them and ponder them in your heart. Mary's focus It could have been on that dirty stable. It could have been on that feeding trough, that manger, on all the things that weren't going how she thought they should be going. But I love how when those shepherds show up and and when they start telling her about the angels and when they start telling her about their proclamation that this was going to be the Savior of the world, it makes it clear that that is what Mary chose to focus on. She chose to focus on on what she knew to be true. That is what she chose to ponder in her heart. She could have chosen the other things, but she chose to focus on what was truth. Y'all, we got a choice. In our daily lives, we get to choose what we treasure up. We get to choose what we ponder. Mary chose the right thing. She knew that God had blessed her. She knew that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. And she held on to that belief so firmly that when anything happened that seemed to oppose that, she just let it go. Isn't that not incredible? She just, she just let it go. But the things that happened that supported the truth that she knew, she held on to those things. And she stopped and she took a moment to treasure them, hold on to them tightly, and ponder them in her heart. This wasn't the only time scripture tells us that Mary did this. She did it another time as well. Um, Jesus began to grow up, and he probably just mostly seemed like a normal boy. I'm betting at that point a super well-behaved normal boy for those of you that have boys, Um, but probably pretty normal until that one day when he was 12 years old and Mary and Joseph lost him. 
and found him in the temple teaching with so much authority that all the other religious leaders, teachers, were asking Jesus the questions, right? And when they found him, it tells us that she kind of scolded Jesus a little bit for making her worry. But then it says at that point, too, that she stopped and she treasured up all of those things in her heart. Even in the midst of that chaos, after searching for Jesus for two days, not knowing where he was, being terrified. I think two days, that was, may not be exactly the truth. But even while all that was going on, she stopped. And she took a minute to recognize that another part of God's plan was unfolding. Y'all, we can rush through our life and not even realize it. He can put things right in our path to show us, hey, I heard that prayer. Hey, I'm working on that. Hey, let me show you. There's some progress here. There's some progress there. And half the time, I think we're so busy that it just slips right by. We've got to learn to stop and take the time to treasure those things and ponder them in our heart to think about it. Morgan, here's Morgan, made us these awesome bracelets tonight. If you didn't get one yet, let us know. Um, This is our gift to you. And these verses, these verselets, they have this verse on them, Luke 2.19. And then they have the first letter of every word in the verse. The point is to help you memorize it. I love verselets. I clearly wear them. They're on my arm. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Wear this. Hopefully it will help you remember to do the same. That was the point behind it, to, to give you that memory, um, to take notice. To take notice of God's work in your life. To take notice of his plans unfolding, not just to rush right by those things. Stop. Take a minute. In your children's lives, notice his plans unfolding. In your friends' lives, take notice of it for them. Maybe they're too busy to see it. Call it out. In your grown children's lives, help them to see it, to notice it, to ponder it, and to treasure it in their hearts. And y'all, when we get in the habit of that, When we actually start doing that, learning how to live our life that way, taking it one step at a time, noticing his hand, praising it for it, seeing the promises fulfilled, treasuring those things in our heart, when we start doing that, it'll be a lot easier for us to let all those other things that aren't going the way that we we thought they should, it'll be a lot easier for us to just let those things go. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things in my life that I could just let go. They're not that important. And they get me in a tizzy, and I'd be better off just letting them go because I know what truth is. And I know what God has promised me, and I know what his word says. So when he shows me glimpses of that, I want to hold on to it. And I want to treasure it in my heart and ponder it. And when we do that, it's going to help our faith stay strong. It's going to help our trust stay strong. And the truth is, we can't afford to miss the proclamation of the shepherds because we're just so stuck on that manger. We can't afford to miss our kids downstairs praising Jesus for that lesson deadline. We can't let one bad day of our kids' temper tantrums rob us from seeing those seeds of obedience that have been sprouting up over and over again. And we can't let that one argument with our husbands shake the solid foundation that we have been building for 10 or 20 or 30 years. We've got to hold on to what's true. Hold on to his promises and fulfillment and let the rest go. 
So this holiday season, if you want more joy in your life, stop and celebrate God's goodness in the lives of other people. Recognize his goodness in your own life, in the past, but also recognize it in the present. As it's unfolding right before your eyes, do what Mary did. Stop and take a minute. Treasure it. Praise him for it and ponder it and hold on to it tight, y'all. This life is short. It is short. The song, worship team, you all can come. The song that Whitney chose to end with tonight, it's perfect. Um, it's called You're Worthy of It All. Y'all, if you know this song, if you come to Grace Meadows, belt this out for the people here who don't know it. This song comes straight from Revelations chapter 4, all right? This is straight Bible, what we're getting ready to sing. And this is what it says, okay? It says this. It says, all the saints and angels bow before your throne, and all the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing, you're worthy of it all. That's a foreshadowing of what's going to happen one day. On the other side of this life that is passing by in an instant. We're going to see that. We're going to see the saints and the angels gathered around his throne. We're going to see the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing, you're worthy of it all. Y'all, we got to take notice now that he's worthy of it all. He's worthy of our time. He's worthy of our attention. He's worthy of us using our callings for him. He has gifted every single person in here to use what he has given you for him. So tonight, as we sing this final song, can we praise him, keeping in mind that this is exactly what's going to happen. This is exactly what's to come. And we get to be a part of that now. We get to go ahead and enter into that now as we live this life on earth. And then part of the song says, um, let incense rise day and night. And sometimes those lyrics seem a little tricky, but what we are doing in here tonight as we praise the Lord, that is incense rising. That is praise rising. That is a sweet smelling aroma arising up to him. And he leans into us when we give him our praise. Maybe you haven't felt close to him in a while. Maybe you're here because just someone asked you to come. That's not why you're here. That's not why you're here. He wants you to draw close to him so that he can draw close to you. And he loves you so much. And we have so much to be so joyful about this Christmas. And he is truly worthy of it all. So if you will, let's stand and let's go to the Lord one more time. And then let's just praise him together.